Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. I wrote my way out of hell. I wrote my way to revolution. I was louder than the crack in the bell. I wrote Eliza, love letters until she fell. I wrote about the Constitution and defended it well. And in the midst of ignorance and resistance, I wrote financial systems into existence. And when my prayers to God were met with indifference, I picked up my pen. I wrote my own deliverance. Welcome to Paradox. I hope you enjoyed that from Jimmy. This is Josh. Wait a minute. I said a bad word. You can't. This can't be on the show. Bill can bleep that. Oh, okay. Bill, include that in the show. That would be awesome. This is Paradox, everybody. And I am Lynn manuel Miranda. Whoever that guy is. He I know. wrote and starred in Hamilton and Moana blah, 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 and in the blah, Heights. Blah, blah. And I have a man crush. If I could have lunch with anybody on the planet, it would be Lynn manuel Miranda. Really? Yes. I'd probably choose somebody different. Who? Jack Ryan. See, now if I could do a fictional character... <laughs> That so, is anybody different. else out there watching the Amazon uh, show? I would have, I, I would have uh, lunch with Harry Potter That's if weird. I could have with a, a fictional character. It's very weird. Uh, do you know Sasha Baron Cohen? Yes. Borat. Yes. He has essentially yes. between two ferns show that he does. Yes. I think it's Showtime, but he had, uh, speaking of just quote-unquote people on the planet, this actually has nothing to do with what we were just talking about, but he had, what was Roy, Roy Moore, Alabama. You know, the congressman, Roy Moore, that oh, yeah, yeah, got yeah. in trouble yes. for, uh, it was underaged interns or something like that. Something like that. Anyways, he was interviewing him straight as much as Borat can. I don't think Roy Moore really knew None what was None of these people on, knew correct? that he was who he said he was. And he said that the Europeans have just invented a child predator wand so it was, essentially it was just a metal detector and if you scan just a person it will be and he scanned him he scanned him and kept scanning him and it kept beeping and he just walked off <laughs> i do not condone or approve that show at all and josh's thoughts and opinions and words are his alone yes. and do not reflect the management of paradox beep 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 <laughs> Wait a second. He kept, this thing, the batteries must be wrong. This thing. Mm -hmm. Myth number three. <laughs> so yeah, we're in our second week of myths. Last week we talked about two parenting myths. This this week we'll cover a couple of more. This one being, as a parent, this is, this is myth number three. As a parent, we must treat all of our kids exactly the same. Go. Of course that's right, Jimbo. Myth. Oh, what? Myth. It's wrong? In Europe, they have invented a wand that detects <laughs> stupidity, people who believe in myths. I think it's all of our, obviously, in just the climate within America today, you know, you see the word equality and you hear the word equality a lot. I think it's Sounds in good. our nature to desire that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. No. We want justice and things that are fair 
But when it comes to our kids, that's not necessarily the best idea for a few reasons. If you're always seeking equality, your kids are going to also now seek in in school, in their job when they're adults, they're going to seek that exact same thing because that's what they experience as just normal life. It don't exist. And that doesn't exist. And so it kind of sets them up for some hardship later on. Also seeking our kid, kids equality, they're not the same. They're not the same human being. You might have one kid that excels at academics and the other is a dumb as a box of rocks, but is a great soccer player or something or football. And It would be football because soccer players are very intelligent. And vice versa, right? But if we tell our kids and try to uh, have them involved in sports and communicate, you know, you're just as good as your brother or you're just as good as anybody else and feed them their, that, those lies, that's going to set them up for, for a failure and some confusion on their part of you as parent because when they go to soccer, they're terrible. But they're just being fed these positive things for you. I and don't so they, understand they it. They start to question your opinion. You said I was great. And so whether it's verbally or whether it's time or events, we can't treat our kids our same because that just doesn't exist on this planet. I had an oppositional defiant male, and he was demanding. Now, keep it, you know, he was just really kind of off the charts, oppositional defiant. And the sister wasn't, uh, this older sister. And so he would always demand to be treated exactly like the sister was treated to the point of, you know, you have to give me the same amount of money that you spent on her college. Now, whether I make it through college or not, I, you need to front me the same amount of cash because you did it for her and you must do it for me. He's produced from a family that preached equality. And bought into that. Trying to be the same. And, you know, to your point, it's relational communism that we want to guarantee outcomes. It's really a straw man argument. No. No, it's not, Josh. For all you P1s just, out there, you know what the strong man just, argument is. You could Google search it, and you could find that that is not a straw man argument. But it's relational communism. That everything is the same, everyone is going to get the same thing, treated the same, and this is simply not true. And it leads to a lot of exhausted parents. Oh, absolutely. I was told right before I got married, this fall will be nine years, I was told marriage isn't 50-50. Don't try for it. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of parenting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in marriage, if... Well, if we saw the you know the in-laws for two days, well, then we need to make a drive mm -hmm. and see the other in-laws mm -hmm. for two... Nope. Just can't do it because you're going to be exhausted. Happen. Yeah. And it simply isn't possible. Even if that was your goal and you shot, shot for, shot for complete and total equality that you're going to treat your kids exactly the same way, it's not possible. And when I look back, I would tell you, jump up there and hold that door for that lady. Did you say yes, sir? Did you say yes, ma'am? Did you, you know, I was instilling these things in you. I didn't do that. I didn't say, Sarah, get up there. Go go hold that door open. I didn't do that. When they turned 16, this was back in the True Love Waits day of the 90s, and I took Sarah out when she turned, and then Lindsay, and this is how a young man should treat you on a date, and here's the True Love Waits ring that was made out of my parents' wedding rings, and so a big deal about you're going to be able to single date now that you're 16, and here's how you need to be treated. You turned 16, it was just, see ya. And you handed me condoms. Yes. And I took you to the brothel so you could have a little experience. <laughs> you handed me a different type of ring. <laughs> that demonstrated to me, and I wasn't thinking. It was just, 
upon further reflection, I treated y'all very differently. And, and that was not my intent. It just, it just simply happened. So the first thing to understand about this myth is even if you believe it, it's not possible. Now, if you want to talk love them the same, absolutely. Yes. You're going to love but, them exactly the same. we can't equate treating them and Love and them. treatment are not the same thing. Again, that oppositional adolescent child sees it that way. But as a parent, we can't see it that way. We have to be able to see beyond that, see the bigger picture. Now, we are going to treat them the same. If by treating them the same, you mean if their behavior is the same, we're going to treat them the same. I mean, you know, like this kid, if, if, the, if the older sister would have twisted off and done it well, it wouldn't have been the same for her either. So we are going to treat you in the same in that capacity. But I would tell you this also about if they say, well, you did this for so-and-so and you whatever, tell them. Sit them down, especially, you know, when they're, when they're older and they've got the synapses connected to have the conversation, why that is. And again, I'm, I'm talking more about teenagers. I'm talking more about behavioral stuff, but it's, it's an example of across the board. You never believe me. You never doubt what when Susie, when she's, you don't doubt what she's saying, but you never believe me. Well, sweetheart, you taught me not to believe you. When Susie tells me things, pretty much it's the truth. Therefore, she's earned my trust. You, on the other hand, you've lied on numerous, numerous, numerous occasions. So you're right. I don't trust you right now. So explain it to them. If they see a contradiction in the way that you're, you're treating your children, tell them why. It's not that I'm mean, unfair, love more. With it. It's because of what you're doing, possibly, is the way that you're being treated differently. And the or same just things that you're good at or not good at. Or not good at, or, or punishments, that one's extroverted, one is introverted. Well, the consequences for, have to be radically different for those two things. The cowboy great, Jimmy Johnson. You, you only him. quote Jimmy Johnson and Tatakwaville. What's Tatakwaville? That America is not good because she's great, but she's great because she's good. I've never said that. The Frenchman? That. I've never said that. I know. I was just looking for somebody, and I think I misquoted his name. Go ahead. Somebody Google Tatakwaville <laughs> and see what you it's come like up with. like the 1800s. He wrote across America. The I've fiery pulpits of, of America. Yeah, it's somebody. Let's Some... go with Pocahontas did that. Okay. To quote... The great Jimmy Johnson, God rest his soul, he's still alive, but he won three Super Bowls with the Cowboys. Nope. Jimbo just held up two fingers. He won Switzers. Switzers okay, won that okay. third. He said, I treat all of my players the same and that I treat them differently. Mm -hmm. He was questioned about that, and he was famous for that. Mm -hmm. He was asked, you know, some third string tight end, if he would sleep in a meeting, he would say, I would have fired him right there. Well, what, what about Troy Aikman? What if Troy Aikman slept in a meeting and Jimmy Johnson said, I would have handed him a pillow? <laughs> We treat them the same and that we treat them differently. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the, I think the goal is fairness, not equality. Mm -hmm. So we want to treat them fairly, to Jimmy's point. Across the board. Depending upon mm -hmm. kind of what their behavior warrants. We want to treat them fairly, but we can't. It's impossible to do e equality. Myth number four. If you lose it, you're a bad parent. Now, I will say this. This does not apply to those that are getting older. Because I lose my car keys, my wallet. Uh, I'll walk into the kitchen and forget why I went. So it's this is really more for younger parents. If you lose it, you're a bad parent. Obviously, that's a myth. Although it can, our emotions tell us it's not. I love. We these. mean an anger explosion. Yeah, 
Yes. I am an anxious person. I fill with tension very quickly when a drop of bath water spills onto the floor. I'm not a real yeller, but I just fill with tension and can get very, very short. So my emotions after that event... I would never call you short. And I really don't think your shortness has anything to do with your emotions. And I think it's really wrong of you to look at yourself that way. You wouldn't short shame me? You are short because God made you a midget, not because of your emotions. You can't say Go midget. Ahead. You really can't say midget. Short person, little, little short um, person. I can be short with my kids. Immediately after that experience, I feel guilty and I mm-hmm. feel like a bad parent that I just can't keep my attitude straight. Like I'm dealing with three-year-olds and of course they're going to not have great attitudes. Why Why can't I maintain mm-hmm. a solid attitude? So my emotions tell me I'm a bad parent, but it really is a myth. It is. And what we have to understand is all human beings will lose it. Every human being will lose it in some capacity. So unless you're an alien, you're going to lose it. It's just part of that. And to keep in mind that sometimes losing it is appropriate. Jesus lost it in the temple. So there may be those times where having an anger episode is absolutely warranted. Less than 3% of the time. Yes, absolutely. So we have to understand that losing it is normal. However, to your point, after you lose it or get short or whatever, you will then feel guilty. We've mentioned this several times. One of my favorite Mac Brown quotes is, don't let one loss beat you twice. And so sometimes losing it will make us a bad parent, not because we lost it, but because how feeling guilty about having lost it, we will then not do the appropriate discipline or you know appropriate parenting decision. And if we believe this myth to be true, I'm a bad parent, you're going to lose it. So if you believe this myth to be true, then you're going to feel like a bad parent. You're Mm -hmm. walking around guilty. You're walking around exhausted. You're walking around confused on how to be a good parent. So it's really damaging to believe in this myth. Ultimately, I think that... So if we're all going to lose it, what we're looking for is not necessarily the the one-offs. We're looking for a pattern. It's okay to lose it, but we don't want to do it daily or hourly. That said, a small caveat, even if you do it daily or hourly, it doesn't make you a bad parent. It just makes you... A bad person. It makes you a a person that needs to improve in this area. One worthy of the fires of hell. Go ahead, John. So we're not not looking for just this one-off. We're looking for a pattern. And so if you notice this as a pattern in your life, then you should probably talk to somebody, a pastor, a friend, a spouse, and try to make improvements in this area. And that's really, you. let's back up, because that is a really, really good point. Let's say it's not the one-offs. It's not the one occasional things that you're kind of, you've got an anger control issue. You've got an impulse control issue. Okay, yes. Met with a guy this afternoon. Absolutely, that's the case with him. That still doesn't make you a bad parent. Not at all. Or a bad person. Not at all. Even if it's this is true of you, it doesn't make you a bad parent. It's amazing. Our kids have this built-in desire to love you and be loved by you. We can make a million mistakes, and yet our kids have this weird resiliency of forgiveness because they desire an intimate relationship with you. And so even if you do struggle in this area, it does not make you a bad parent. It does not mean that all is lost. You can work through that and better your parenting skills. 
whether it is a pattern or whether it is these one-offs, I, I think it's actually a really great, when you lose it, a great opportunity to be able to teach Teachable moment. apologies mm -hmm. and forgiveness. Yes. It gives you this, you know, again, as Dobson would have said low those many years ago, it's this teachable moment for you to come back and then talk about it. And that's whether you lose it with your children or if you lose it with your spouse in front of the children, not have a conflict in front of them, because as we talked last time, that's, a, that's not a bad thing. But if you lose it, which is sort of a, an out-of-control anger episode, with your spouse, either way, it gives you an opportunity to come back with the kids and talk about it. Not to justify it, but to come back, talk about what happened, apologize to them, apologize to your spouse, to see the for your children to see the power of apology. One of the things that I know when they grow up to become teenagers that they resent so much about parents is when parents act as though they're sinless, that they have this righteous indignation when a child does something wrong. I can't believe you did whatever. It's like, well, come on. You're acting like you're Jesus, and you sin all the time. Why are you treating me like you're sinless and I'm this horrible person? It's this great opportunity to say, hey, you know, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I really messed up when I did this. Here's what I was thinking. Here's what I kind of wanted to, but I didn't do that right. I, 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 got, I lost control and you need to see that I apologize. Here is someone that they love, that they respect, that they look up to, that failed and that recognized it and apologized. It's a beautiful time for a family, actually. Now, we can't use an apology as an excuse not to try to improve, because if we now, lose we it, want as many of those as we can, so... If we lose it thousands of times in a month and just keep apologizing but show no effort in changing, Correct. that's not great. But yeah, it does set us ourselves up for a wonderful opportunity to be able to apologize. And by apologize. the way, those, those apology sessions are quite humbling, and they can be just the kind of impetus that you would really want to kind of do a cost-benefits the next time you choose to lose it. Because keep in mind, as we've said many times before, nothing makes you mad. You choose to respond in anger. And knowing that you're going to have this mea culpa in front of your children or your spouse might be something that kind of helps us avoid doing that. I think one of the best things we can do as parents to help in this area is just accept that we're going to do it, that we're not perfect, that we do lose it from time to time. And if we can accept it, well, then when it happens, we don't have the guilt and we don't have, you know, the sadness and we can accept it and then go, man, I did it again. Let me go try to repair this. And obviously, the repair looks differently depending upon the fault. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about losing, we're talking about temper and maybe anger and yelling. We're not talking abuse or Correct. hitting. I mean, this is that's a totally different conversation. Correct. But I think that one of the best best things that could help you is just accepting that you're going to do it so that you're not hit with the guilt so then you can seek to apologize. Love it. If you want more information about this episode, it's ParadoxPodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. We thank you for listening. You want to leave us? You, you started. You want to leave us with some rap? No. No? No, not really. And what seriously, is, that does not need to be kept in the show. Bill, you got to keep it. Can, you don't want to end us with uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony Crossroads? Meet you at the crossroads, crossroads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you won't be lonely. <laughs> See you at the crossroads. <laughs> Everyone in their 30s, and they're just rolling their eyes. Y'all take care. See ya. See you at the Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. 
For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. For a very long time, and I, you know, I was raised in the church, I would have seen ministry as you're a pastor um, or you're serving an overseas mission somewhere. Maybe, maybe you're, you know, running a nonprofit somewhere here in the States, but I had a very narrow view of what ministry really was. I didn't understand that existing as a neighbor was a ministry in and of itself.